ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय यदि दशसि में Yadidashasimekaman Varangstan Varadashava Kamanam Hridi Asamrohang Kamam Vidyasamurahang Kamanam Hridyasamrohang Bhavatas Tu Rene Varam Babatastu Venevaram Babatastu Venevaram Kamanam Vidyasam Kamanam Vidyasam Roham Babatastu Venevaram Yadidashasime Kaman Varangstan Varadarshava Kamanam Vidyasam Roham Bhavatastu Vrinevaram Yadidasyasime Kaman Varangstan Varadarshava Kamanam Vidyasam Roham Bhavadastu Vrinevaram Yadi, if Dasyasi want to give, may me, Kaman, anything desirable, Varan, as your benediction, Twam, you, Varadarishaba, O Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
who can give any benediction. Kamanam of all desires for material happiness. Khridi within the core of my heart. Asangroham no growth. Bhavata from you to then Vrine I pray for Varam such a benediction. So he's saying Kamanam Priti Asamroham that don't let these material desires grow in my heart, basically. Translation Oh my Lord, best of the givers of benediction. If you at all want to bestow a desirable benediction upon me, then I pray from your Lordship that within the core of my heart there be no material desires. Responsively, O my Lord, best of the givers of benediction, if you at all want to bestow a desirable benediction upon me, then I pray from your Lordship that within the core of my heart there will be no material desires. So a very wonderful prayer from Prahlad Maharaj. And we see here, this is, um, there's 10 verses here where Prahlad Maharaj is uh, speaking to the Lord. And, and he's he basically explaining that he has no interest. Actually, well, if we go back a few verses, we look at uh, the end of the previous chapter, verse 52, Krishna is saying, or, you know, Nishina is saying to Prahlad, I want to give you a benediction, I'm happy with you, please, I want to give you a benediction. And Prahlad Maharaj is saying, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. You think I'm some sort of merchant. You, know, there's, there's a, you look at the Acharyas, they give a lot of sort of, you know, dialogue in between some of these um, things. Even Prabhupada was, because in one of the verses here he mentioned Vanik. Then Vanik means a merchant. So Prahlad Maharaj is saying, do you think I'm some sort of, sort of merchant that you're offering me these benedictions because I serve you? And, uh, and then in another place he's saying, you know, are you trying to test me? You know? This is some sort of test. So actually, no, you, you wouldn't test me. You're just doing this to show the glories of your devotees. Because in, in one of the previous verses, I can't remember this is verse or in a subsequent verse, he talks about how you, you, you've, you've asked me to descend here to demonstrate the life of a pure devotee. So Prahlad Maharaj is, is revealing that he's a Nityasiddha. He's not an ordinary personality. So Krishna's asked him to come down and to function, uh, you know, to, to show the qualities of, of, of a, um, a pure devotee. And we'll see this is quite common uh, with pure devotees. This, you know, they don't have material desires and they're not interested in anything for themselves. And anyway, we'll talk about more about this in a little while. I'll read Prabhupada's purport. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us how to pray for benedictions from the Lord. He said, Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundaring, Kavitang, Vajagishakamaye, Mamma Jamani Jamanishwe, Bhavata Bhakti Rohoituki Twai. Oh my Lord, I do not want from you any amount of wealth, nor many followers, nor a beautiful wife. For all for these are all material desires. But if I have to ask you for any benediction, I pray that in whatever forms of life I may take birth, under any circumstances, I will not be bereft of your transcendental service. And you look at these Nadanam Nadanam Nasundarim. You know, these are the most desirable things in this material world. They want wealth, they want um, followers, 
They want beautiful wife, they want fame. All these things are so desirable in this material world. But a devotee understands that these things are actually an impediment. They're, they're only, they only serve to block us from surrendering to Krishna. They have no benefit whatsoever. And, and it's kind of interesting because this is what everything in this material world is, everyone in this material world is aspiring for, is all these things because they have no concept of bhakti. And I, 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 a few years ago, I, I attended a class with Bandhu Swami, um, gave class on this verse. I like to take notes of, of the different classes. And he was making the point that even if you're, you know, if you're in the mode of goodness, because he was talking about the you know, Raj and Sattva and how the Varnashram can actually, and, and, and the practice of, of, of you know, the, the, these rules of Varnashram can help us to come to the point of Sattva. But you can spend a million lifetimes in sattva. It will not give you bhakti. It will not actually give you this, this uh, love for Krishna. It just puts you in a position where you're more favorably disposed towards that. But it won't give you bhakti. It's just like you can do piety. You can do any amount of pious activities. But this will not give you bhakti. If you're a pious person, there's no guarantee of devotional service. But piety puts us in a, in, a, in a, we have a better disposition towards bhakti so that if this, you know, someone comes along and, and, and sows the seed of bhakti in the heart, or, you know, actually, Lord Chaitanya mentions that, that the seed is already there in the heart, but it just cut it or die, it just requires to be awoken. So if someone comes along and awakens that seed, then it will flourish, but otherwise it's dormant within the heart. And this is why it's explained that the only way to get bhakti is through the contact of a devotee. And who was Prahlad's contact? Narad Muni. Narad Muni is, a, is, is an extraordinary preacher. He, 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 and actually, there's only, I think there's one or two cantos in the Bhagavatam where Narad's not mentioned. And, and, and there's a really nice purport in the uh, first canto where Prabhupada, I'm just paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly how Prabhupada phrases it, but he says, and we're, we're, we're very grateful that Narad Muni has appeared in the pages of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, you know, Prabhupada's expressing his appreciation of Narad Muni's devotional service. And, and, and we see here how this seed of bhakti has been awoken in Prahlad's heart. But actually, we can understand, you know, from these verses here that Prahlad is a Nityasiddha, but nonetheless, to, for the purpose of the pastime, this, this, this was dormant. And we see this, this is in, in, in so often, you'll see in the lives of different personalities, even you look at Srila Bhakti no Thakur, it appeared in, in the beginning stages that he was an impersonalist. Uh, but at some point, this, this, um, he, you know, he uh, started to take up the, the process of Bhakti. But we can understand with these great souls, this, this is not an ordinary thing, this is more, more in, in, in the role of, of you know, Leela. It's not something that's, um, you know, just a mundane thing. Like, you know, in, in my instance, example, for instance, it's like it's only by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada and the devotees that actually understand anything about devotional service. And so, you know, the devotee awakens this desire or, uh, you, know, fa you, know, uh, uh, you know, fans the spark that's there within the heart and, 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 and brings that spark uh, to life. Uh, devotees are always on the positive platform, in contrast to the Mayavadis, who want to make everything impersonal or void. One cannot remain void, sunyavadi. Rather, one must possess something. Therefore, the devotee on the positive side 
wants to possess something, and this possession is very nicely described by Prahlad Maharaj, who says, if I must take some benediction from you, I pray that within the core of my heart there may be no material desires. The desire to serve the Supreme Personality of God is not at all material. Yeah. So this is one of the points that's, that's, that's given by Rupa Goswami in, in the, uh, I think it's the second chapter of the Bhakti Rasa which is the first chapter for us in the Nectar of Devotion. Um, and there we see he's pointing out that he's describing, he's giving a, a sort of a, a synopsis of, of, of Vaidhi, uh, Vaidhi Sana Bhakti, Raghunuga Sana Bhakti and, and, and Bhava and Prema. And he said that if there's any other motive than to please the Supreme Personality of God, this is Vaidhi. You know, because you'll see with the advanced devotees, their only motive, their only, I think it's called Udipan, isn't it? Stimulus. Is, is to please Krishna in whatever, whatever it takes. And we, we see there's so many examples, just like we see with, with Bhishma, such an extraordinary example of, of an exchange of love. I, I mean, I, I just, you know, and we see this in, in so many different pastimes, how even, even with this, this story here of, uh, of Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu, this is not some mundane fight. This is Krishna having a loving exchange with his devotees, because Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha are actually not ordinary personalities, they're Krishna's personal attendants. And if we read, I, I think it might be in the third canto, uh, probably around, before the, the pastime where Swayambhuva and Satarupa bring their daughter Devahuti to come, and I think it's the Kadama, it's before there, that um, it's describing how Jai and Vijay descended to this material world, and it's saying there how this was actually the arrangement of the Lord, because he wanted to have some exchange with his devotees. So even though it may seem externally you know, like, like if you take the mundane perspective on it, is that Krishna is fighting and, and killing and stuff like that. It's a loving exchange. You know, it's, it's beyond our, our ability to, to comprehend. And if, if you look at the same with Bhishma, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur describes how when, when, I always kind of wonder how did Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur know about this, you know, coming from a pure background. But he, he says when, when, when uh, Bhishma was shooting arrows, and Krishna was allowing them to cut his body. It wasn't you know, like some mundane body, he's getting cut and he's bleeding. Krishna was allowing it to happen. He was manifesting bleeding just for the, for the exchange. Because a Chatriya, when he sees blood, he's enthused. He's, he's, he's fired up, especially if he sees his own blood. He gets really, you know, oh, okay, you know they get, the passion comes up in them. So Krishna was manifesting his blood. And Vishnu Chakravati Thakur, Krishna was seeing this like, like flowers. And, and Vishnu Chavari Thakur, said that Krishna was experiencing this like when a lover bites the beloved on the neck. And you know, some, I don't know if you've ever done that, but it leaves like a welt on the neck. They call it a hickey or a love bite, you know. Um, so, you know, Krishna was experiencing it like that. He was seeing this as an exchange of love. So we can understand according to the relationship the devotee has with the Lord, then the exchange manifests. So we see, you know, with, with Bhishma, with Arjuna, with these Chatriyas, <coughs> the, the, um, the exchange is manifesting in a particular way, according to their rasa. So, so you know, Bhishma's rasa was virya, chivalrous rasa. Um, you, know, uh, you know, Arjuna's rasa was sakha. He, he was a friend. Uh, uh, but you can, you can also see 
in, in how these relationships manifest and how they, how they come about or, or, or how they play out. Because if you look at Arjuna's rasa, um, when this, this, you know, at one point in the, in the, in the, um, the 11th chapter when Krishna manifests his universal form, Arjuna was overwhelmed. He's offering prayers, Aishwarya prayers to Krishna. So this interfered, this overrode his relationship with Krishna. But you see with more advanced devotees like, like Mother Yasoda, for instance, you know, when, when um, because this is the month of Damodar, and the month of Damodar is a very uh, beautiful uh, pastimes. But you'll see like the previous, you know, like just before this happened, just before um, Krishna, you know, broke the pot and was tied up by Mother Yasoda, just before that, the, uh, what happened was that Mother Yasoda was seeing the universal form, etc., inside of Krishna's mouth. But because she was, she was Krishna's mother, the, the, this, she didn't want that. She said, oh, no, no, this, this can't be right. You know? I, I, I want to, you know, this, he's my baby. I have to feed him. So the, 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 the power of, of her motherly love overrode this, this Aishwarya, the, the, the element that broke through. And also we see, you know, um, in, the, in, these pastime, in the pastime of the Dhammadar Leela, how, you know, this motherly affection is so strong <coughs> that even like... Um, Anirubhu, he gave, he gave a, a class on, on Dhammadar Lila at New Govardhan, and he was making the point that, um, you know, like, like the, the Acharyas, they describe how, how, how is it that Mother Yasoda, even though while she's breastfeeding Krishna, goes to the, the stove to attend the milk. But um, this was also service to Krishna, because, look, you know, looking after the milk to make, you know, because she had, she had a, a number of cows. I've heard different numbers given, but I, I haven't seen where Prabhupada gives numbers. Prabhupada just said, uh, he, he quotes the example of, um, he said, just like a horse with one black ear, very, very rare. So Mother Yasoda also had these very rare cows, and they would produce particularly sweet milk, and she'd feed them different types of herbs and grasses and stuff to make this, the milk very sweet because... Um, because she didn't want Krishna to go to the houses of the gopis and steal steal the butter and the yogurt from their houses. So she was doing that because she was thinking the reason he's stealing was because what I'm making is not good enough. So she's always wanting to enhance the service. This is the nature of devotee. This is the nature of devotees. They want to enhance the service they're doing for Krishna. They want to deepen Krishna's pleasure. Um, but actually what was going on was Krishna wanted to have these exchanges with the other residents of Vrindavan because they also wanted to have this motherly exchange with Krishna. They wanted to, you know, see Krishna as their son. They wanted to have these interactions. They wanted to feed him. So they, they manifest these different desires. And then Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, in his comments on this, he mentions that, I, I think from memory he quotes that verse 1515, uh, So Krishna, the Lord in the heart, he gives the, the understanding of what should be done first and what should be done second. So, you know, Krishna, Krishna is instructing Mother Yasoda within the heart, you have to tend the milk. And then this facilitated the pastime of him going and, and you know, breaking the, 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 the yogurt pot or the butter pot and distributing it to the monkeys and things like that. You know, so we see how, and, and Krishna's different shaktis also, I can't remember all the shaktis that are involved. I was reading a commentary about this the other day. And, and uh, it was talking about how, the, the, obviously, the Leela Shakti, the Sarup Shakti, different Shaktis, they get involved in these things to manifest the pastimes in a, in a very, very sweet way. 
And the whole idea behind these pastimes, and this is what we're seeing happening here also, is to churn the affection that devotees feel for the Lord, you know, to deepen that affection more and more. And we see with these exchanges with, with, with Prahlad and Nishinev, it's, it's, it's really, you know, okay, so, so Nishinev is protecting Prahlad, but Prabhupada, um, quoting on that verse, um, many times he says, this, it's actually, Krishna doesn't need to come to, to, to protect the devotees because the devotees are already protected. Why are they protected? Because they never forget Krishna. The Saranam Hriyayam Maham Saranam Hriyayam Tuham mentions in, in the ninth canto how that the Lord is in the heart of the devotee and the devotee is in the heart of the Lord. The devotee knows nothing but Krishna and Krishna knows nothing but the devotee. This is the nature of the relationship. It's so, so thick. You know, this relationship is so strong that the devotee can never give up Krishna. And mature, body, mature bodies are going to come and go. They're, they're inconsequential to a larger extent. They're, they don't really matter that much because, you know, it's, sometimes we suffer, sometimes we're happy, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. In Krishna, he says, It's just sensory perception. It's just what you're perceiving. You know, just like, you know, I've got three layers of clothes on right now, and I see you've just got a shirt on. Why? Because you have different senses from me. So according to senses, we see things different. You know, we experience things differently. And so that's the nature of the material world is because we all have different perception. Therefore, we're seeing the material world differently. But understand, it's just a temporary manifestation of the Lord's external energy. It'll come, it'll go. You know? And in between, there'll be some ups and downs. You know? So it's, it's not something we should really be so concerned about. But the thing is, devotees can understand that. This is one thing that's being pointed out here in the pastimes, what Prahlad Maharaj is talking about here, is a devotee actually understands the relationship between Krishna and himself or themselves. You know, a devotee understands that Krishna is my master. He's my only master. I don't want any other master. And my only position is to be a servant. And this is, this is a really important point that's being brought out here by Prahlad Maharaj is saying, this is the nature of devotees. We're just servants of Krishna. And if you look at every single devotee, regardless of their rasa, they take them the, the position of a servant. Even it mentions in, in the fifth chapter of the Ali, Ali Lila, it says, Krishna Arasabhya That Krishna is the only master. And, and, and all others dance as he makes them do so. And this is all others doesn't just mean jivas, it means all others. Yeah? And Prabhupada gives a very elaborate purport on this and he explains that even we, because the, the, the fifth chapter <coughs> of the Adi Leela, excuse me, is called the glories of Nityananda Ram. So it's talking about the nature of Nityananda and how he's Balaram, Balaram Hoylo Nitai. And in this purport, Prabhupada explains how that Krishna is Ekala Ishvara. Ekala, Ekala means one. Ishvara. He's the only controller. Krishna. No one, there's no other controller. And all others dance as he makes them do so. So Prabhupada is explaining in the purport that even we see all these different manifestations of Vishnu forms. What do they do? What are they doing? They're serving Krishna. You see the Purusha avatars, they manifest the universe. Why? It's serving Krishna. Lord Balaram, who's the, the considered to be the first expansion of Krishna, what does he do? What's, what's he known as? He's known as the Supreme Personality of Servitor Godhead. 
So we see in, in the deity room, for instance, all, all the different paraphernalia we're using to serve the deity is understood to be an expansion of Lord Balaram. So this is why we don't move things with our feet and stuff like that in the deity room. We don't step over things. You know, the deity's asan, the deity's brahman thread, the umbrella over the deities, all these things that are understood to be expansions of Balaram or other associates, just like we have the different flutes. There's, there's, I can't remember how many, there's, there's five or six or seven different types of flutes. There's Bhangti, there's morality, there's so many different flutes there. They're all different personalities. This is the nature of the transcendental world. Everything is personal. Uh, yet we see that there is only one enjoyer. But the problem we, we, we're experiencing, and, and this, is, this is the problem for all jivas, is, is we're influenced by karma. You know, karma tends to pervade our, our existence. And you'll see, like, you know, just go outside, you know, go in the, in, outside the temple grounds and just have a look what's going on. You know, all these houses around here, like, the, you know, I, I mean, I used to sit up, you know, in, in the top of a Prabhupada house at the back there when there was the Sankatan office, I don't know what it is now, and just look, you know, wonder at, you know, all these renovations that were all, it was, this one's doing it, then this one's doing it, and this one's doing it, they're all doing renovations, putting in a pool, they're putting in this, they're putting in that, you know. Because when, when I first came here to this temple, it was all just like, you know, old cottages, it wasn't, wasn't very fancy at all, and then, then wealthy people started moving into the area. And so they're all expanding their influence, they're all expanding you know, their, their material possessions. Why? Because they want to enjoy the material world. But the interesting thing is, no matter how much they try to enjoy, they're never really successful. They may get some limited enjoyment for some time, but then suffering comes along. Adibotik, adidaivik, adbiatmik, you know, all this suffering just comes along. And they have to suffer in so many different ways. You know, like, like there's, there's, you know, heat, there's cold, there's, you know, in a few days' time, there, there's going to be three days of heavy thunderstorms, the, the Weather Bureau is predicting all this. There's tsunamis and there's earthquakes and there's all types of stuff, all types of things. Bushfires, you know, Australia's famous for bushfires. Uh, I, I heard just recently, was it in Bensdale or somewhere? They had massive bushfires last year and then this year they had massive floods, worst floods they've ever had. You know, it's just, it's just non-stop. That's the nature of this material world. If you're trying to enjoy in this material world, this is what you're going to experience. And the problem, the, the thing is like, it's not that devotees don't also go through the same experiences, but they just see, it, it's, just the, it's just the turnings of the material world. It's, it's not anything we, we need to identify with. <coughs> it's like, I've got a bit of a, something chesty going on right now. And, um, one of the devotees was saying before, oh, you know, you know they're saying, oh, the weather's not very good right now. But, but it's, just, it's just the weather. It comes and goes. You know, what can you do about it? You know, it's matraspasa barata. So a devotee learns how to tolerate all these difficulties. And we see in this wonderful example, this chapter is called, I think, Prahlad, the most exalted devotee of the Lord, or so the best of the exalted devotees. So we see Prahlad, you know, his father tried to subject him to so many um, horrific situations, really. Tried to have him pierced by weapons, boiled in oil, thrown into a pit of snakes, thrown from a cliff. And what did Prahlad do? Did he resist? Did he try to fight back? He just tolerated it. Understanding. It's just, it's just the external nature. It's not going to, you know, whether, whether I live or die doesn't really matter as long as I'm absorbed in, 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 in thoughts of Krishna. And the example of Ritrasura is, is, is an extraordinary example. You know, he, he, he was in this situation. It's, it's, 
It's quite extraordinary when, when you look at some of the devotees, the stories of some of the devotees in the Bhagavatam, how you know, he, he, he was created to try to kill Indra, but actually there was a slip up in the chanting of the mantra. So you know, it wound up being that he'd be Indra's enemy, but Indra wouldn't be his enemy. And, and so uh, what happened was at the point when, when Indra w- was destined to kill him, and he killed him with a foam weapon, uh, because he was so powerful that no other weapon could kill him. But Indra became just, you know, at one point, Vritra um, uh, Sura, he, he, he smashed him with his club, and he, he, you know, there's blood pouring from Ayurveda's mouth, and, and um, you know, Indra's, um, was, I think he was knocked from the elephant, and he dropped his club, and he became very discouraged. So then Vritra Sura, knowing that his destiny is to be killed by Indra, he's just accepted it, and he starts preaching to Indra. Come on, get back on your elephant, start fighting, you know, don't, don't, be, don't be a wimp. He's just saying that this is your destiny is to kill me, so just do it. He was so detached from external circumstances and just understood that it is what his destiny was and that it was his duty only to serve Krishna. And for Indra, this was like a real, you know, like thunderbolt from the blue kind of thing, just woke him up, just, you know, he really had a, quite a realization of, of, of um, his position, but also of the greatness of, of, of devotees. And this is one of the points that's being, being emphasized here. Um, <coughs> see, like, um, I think it's from here, chapter t- t- up to text um, 10, is just Prahlad Maharaj uh, offering his prayers, but then at, at some point, uh, I can't remember which verses, but I think it may be the ones after that, where um, he accepts the benediction, and, and you know, Lord Nishingadev tells him, but then, then what happens after that? is that Lord Nishingadev starts to glorify devotees. And we see that often, actually it's always the case with these pastimes, is that Krishna enacts these different pastimes simply for the purpose of glorifying his devotees, to show the supremacy of devotees over all other persons. Because the devotees, you know, they, 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 this, the, what's that, Narayana Parasava Inakutasya Bibhuti, Svaga apavaganara keshu apituliyata darshana. That the devotees, they never fear any condition of life. The heavenly planets, the hellish planets, it's all the same. You know, so that's, that's, that's one way you can, um, you can get, get an idea of where you're at. You know? It's like whatever condition you're facing, how do you, how do you respond to it? You know, sometimes you might be traveling first class. Sometimes you might be tra- traveling economy. Is it the same to you? Does it matter? Or do you discriminate? You know, sometimes, you know, the, 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 you know, I mean, I can't think, you know, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. Do you discriminate or it's just the same thing? The, but, but by the way we respond to this external stimulus, it gives us an understanding of where we're at. By the way, you know, like sometimes things happen which are very much, like you can understand, for instance, how you are influenced by the modes of material nature on how you react to a given situation. Once in Mayapur, Prabhupada was... Um, on his morning walk. And where the Samadhi is now, there used to be a ring road. And on the ring road, there was um, um, some workers' facilities, and there was toilets and stuff like that. <coughs> and there was a whole, there was, I think there was four toilets in a row behind a door. And then Prabhupada was walking, and he, he stopped, and he, he sort of turned to the door to these toilets, and he says, oh, what is this? And he pushed open the door with his cane, and the toilets were overflowing. There's like stool and urine sort of floating, you know, down into the drain. And Prabhupada got really upset about it. And then, um, then uh, Chutananda Swami turned up, 
and he was one of the managers. He and Jai Patakamaraj were managing Mayapur at the time. He turned up and got out of the car off at the basis of Prabhupada and Prabhupada turned on him and says, he says, this is in the mode of ignorance and because you're in the mode of ignorance you do nothing. You know, so he was, he was making, making that um, connection between like, you know, if something's in the mode of ignorance and you don't react, if you think it's okay, just like you, you look at a pig and stool in, in, in Vrindavan lying in, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in Vrindavan when they're cleaning out the gutters, but the smell is just like unbelievably bad. But the pigs just lie in it, they love it. So that helps you to understand what their mode of nature is. And then in the, in the, in the class th that morning, after, after that Prabhupada, he started to talk about the toilet. They called it the nasty toilet. And, and he, sa he said, just like if you mix an acid and an acid, there's no reaction. But if you mix acid and alkaline, then you get effervescence, you get some reaction. And he's saying, so similarly, if you mix goodness and goodness, there's no reaction. But if you mix uh, you know, uh, goodness and ignorance, there should be a reaction. But if there's no reaction, you can understand you're in the mode of ignorance. So we can understand our, our situation by how we respond to different circumstances. There's a very easy way of, of, of at least materially, seeing how we are. Um, and yeah, so this, we see how Prahlad, even though he's being offered a benediction by the Lord, he's saying, I don't want anything material because it's just, it's just, and it's really interesting here also, is how he talks about that he's fearful of material life. And this is, this is something we should all take to heart, you know, and really be fearful about. And Prabhupada said that, would say that sometimes. He says, if I have one criticism of my disciples, it is they are not sufficiently fearful of material life, of material nature. Because material nature is very strong. And as long as we don't fully take shelter of Krishna, material nature will affect us or can affect us. So this is the point that Prahlad Maharaj is making here. And it's, it's, it's um, you know, so he, he, he's praying that, you know, don't allow me to become um, overwhelmed by these things. But also, I, I, it's, it's kind of really interesting you know, looking at Prahlad's humility here because he, he's not thinking, you know, even though he's a great devotee, even though he's directly seeing the Supreme Person, you know, Krishna's right there before him in the form of Nishingadev. He's not thinking, oh, I'm so wonderful or anything like that. But you'll see like, you know, this Nadaram Nadjaram Nasundarim. Someone who has wealth, some, someone who has followers, someone who has beautiful women or whatever. They become proud of that. They think they're very special. And you see that, you know, people driving around in their fancy cars, you know, the way they drive their car, they like, you know, they, they like to show off and, and stuff like that and drive it fast or whatever, you know. Um, you know, just like I was walking down, actually, Beaconsfield Parade yesterday, and some, some guy goes racing past on his motorbike, you know, just showing off there. It's really noisy, too. It's not like it's a quiet motorbike, really noisy. They want everyone to know about me on my bike, you know, I'm so wonderful, look at this thing I've got. And then, you know, if, if, if they're not careful what they do, they wind up running into the back of a truck or something at the end of their life. You know, so we see this, this happens so often that, you know, people become proud of what they have. But Prabhupada, he, would, he told a story one time. He was traveling on a train in India and, and there, was, there was a man there who had some pieces of burnt, like a beggar, like a very poor person, anyway, he had pieces of burnt wood and he was so attached to his pieces of burnt wood, he obviously was going to take them home and use them for firewood. So Prabhupada coined the phrase, how the pauper is proud of their penny. And if you look at what we have in this material world, you know, we've got our, our computers and 
phones and watches and all these kind of gadgets, cars and houses. But what are they? Yeah. They're just pieces of plastic and glass and things like, you know, they're not very, even like in Australia, the money is plastic. You know, people go, I've got so much money, but it's all just pieces of plastic. And we become proud of it, you know, but, but the, you have to understand actually, there's nothing in this material world to be proud of. And this is, this is the example which is given to us by the, these great Vaishnavs. He's saying this here, you know, like, like I'm born in a demoniac family. I've got nothing to be proud of. You know, I, I, you know, and he, he, and, and Nishingadev tells him, no, you become the king of the demons. You have to, you know, you have, you have to rule the, for, for the life of the Manvantara, for, for the life of Manu, which is a really long time. And I think it was, what, 14 yuga cycles? It was 71 yuga cycles, 71 yuga cycles, I think. That's a long time, you know? And so he, he's, he's going to be ruling the, the, the kingdom for that long. But he's giving us a really good instruction here. And, and I, I think, you know, with, with these types of stories, they're very, very beneficial for us because we can learn how to live our lives as devotees. What, 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 the, what the goal is, what, what the sort of benchmark is. Like Prahlad Maharaj is setting a benchmark for us to follow. You know, this is what you need to come to is this point of, of not being interested in anything material, not having any material aspirations, but just simply being... Uh, this aspiration to serve Krishna and to serve Krishna only. In whatever form he manifests himself, whether it's, you know, you know Radha Krishna or whether it's Nishingadev or whether it's Ram or whatever, it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously Krishna, uh, for us as the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, this, this is our ultimate goal is Krishna because he's the, the Ishtadevata of, of our um, Sampradaya. But I also I saw a really interesting <coughs> simile between this or comparison between this and uh, Brahma's prayers in, in, uh, in um, the third canto, chapter 9. So we see here that, that um, in verse 14, the um, Srinidavi says, Prahlad, one who always remembers your activities and my activities also, and who chants the prayers you have offered, becomes free in due course of time from the reactions of material activities. So it's just 10 verses. You learn these verses, you know, um, and chant, chant these prayers. Uh, that that um, that you've offered, and you'll become free. And then we see in the um, the ninth chapter. Let me see if I can find it. I think I wrote it down here. Uh, yeah, this is the fourteenth chapter of the. Um, oh, sorry. The, the, this this is here. So so this we can actually see that Lord Nishina is offering us a benediction, or the readers, and this, which is us. He's offering us this benediction that if you chant these prayers in due course of time, you will actually um, become free from the, sin, from the reactions of material activities, which is, when you think of it, that's pretty substantial because this is what's driving us here in this material world is this desire to enjoy material nature. But if we chant these prayers, and by chanting these prayers, it means we're going to understand who we are. We're going to understand our nature and we're going to understand that we have nothing to do with this material nature. But then also we see in 3940, um, the Lord says to Brahma, any human being who prays like Brahma and who thus worships me shall very soon be blessed with the fulfillment of all his desires, for I am the Lord of all benedictions. So a similar point was made here in this verse, how Prahlad is saying that, um, where is it? Um, O oh, best of the givers of benedictions. 
So you see, the, you, you, you see these experiences with, with, with these great devotees. They're very, very similar. And, and the reason the, these points keep coming up <coughs> excuse me, in the Bhagavatam is to demonstrate to us, to, to prove to us categorically that this is the only way forward. If you are serious about giving up your, your attachments, your material attachments, if you're serious about going back home to Godhead, Mahajaniya, Yenigata, Sapanta, follow these great personalities. And Prahlad Maharaj and Brahma are definitely Mahajans. Uh, and the, the, the prayers, uh, I remember some years ago that Mahavishnu Goswami, he, he told me to, to read, you know, to le- actually to learn the prayers, uh, Brahma's prayers for creative energy. I never did. But after going through the chapter just recently, I realized why. Because these are very, very substantial prayers. And they're very, very instructive for us. And especially we see at the end of his prayers, then Brahma, he's asking Krishna for benedictions. And, and this is the way a devotee should be praying. You know, please protect me so that I don't become bewildered by the modes of material nature, so I don't become overwhelmed by the material nature. And Prahlad's doing the same, exactly the same thing here. I'm fearful that if I take your benediction, I'll be overcome by the, by the material nature. You know, and then, 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 you know, then Brahma is also saying, you know, please allow me to um, always remain engaged in your service, not be deviated from service. And then, then he's saying, please bestow your benediction. Every Pajari knows this verse. You know. um, we, we chant it when the Lord wakes, at, wakes in the morning. We're asking the Lord to you know, smilingly bestow his glance upon us and, and, and you know, give us his benediction. So, yeah, very, very uh, important prayers. And also here, the same thing, very, very important prayers for us all to, to learn and become familiar with because it's helping us to understand our position in this material world and who we really are and what's our relationship with Krishna. Okay, I'll finish there. Any, any questions at all? Yes, you had a nice question yesterday too. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the nice class. Prabhu, you mentioned how we want to uh, do service to Lord Krishna and make him happy through that. It is called Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti. Um, but Prabhu, when we see, like, if my question is, if we want, we do service to make him happy, and then we want the mercy so that we can get love of Godhead, is that okay or is that also Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti? It's, it's somewhat material, in a sense because you want something. Whereas we see the devotee doesn't want anything. Devotee just wants service. This is, I mean, to want mercy is not wrong, but a higher understanding is, is to just want to please Krishna. And you see, this is the, the example that's manifested by the residents of Vrindavan. They don't want anything from Krishna. They just want to, they just want to please him because he's so, he's so wonderful. They love him so much. It's just, it's just like, you know, with, with your mother and father, you love them so much, you don't want anything from them, you just, you just want them to be your mom and dad. You know? So it's the same, similar kind of idea. But I have a question for you. When are you going to give class? Yeah. Yeah. You ask such intelligent questions, you should be giving class. Yeah. Anything else at all? <coughs> Hare Krishna Prabhu for yes, nice Prabhu. class. Um, Prabhu, here is mentioned that uh, he is praying that let there be no material desire. 
but even like gyanis also at the advanced stage they don't have any material desire so isn't it like we should or it should have been asked that bless me with the pure devotion because automatically it has got uh, that element of no material desire yeah 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 you'll see as the verses go on that Prahlad Maharaj is explaining this further because ultimately he just wants to serve you know you say you're saying you know I don't want anything like this because it will distract me from you this is the, because and we're seeing yesterday's verse I think it was talking about the perfect master and the perfect servant because Prahlad's realization is he just wants to serve the Lord he doesn't want and and, and actually that's what he's doing eternally in, in Hari Vash in Hari Vash, this is the place where, where Prahlad Maharaj lives, and there, there he's serving the Shingadev eternally. And that's, so he got, he, his desire was fulfilled. And, and you know, he also said, well, if you want to do anything, just, just please, you know, um, you know give, give, liberate my father because he was so inimical towards you, and, you know, etc. And then the Shingadev saying, you know, he, he, because he touched my, my transcendental body, he, he's liberated 21, and because of your service, 20 generations past, 20, 21, sorry, 21 generations past 21 generations future also liberated so yeah he, he didn't want anything for himself he just wanted to please Krishna he just wanted to serve Krishna and that's what you, you'll see this becomes quite prevalent it goes up to you know two more verses so. yeah. and also we beg for protection from the Lord specifically uh, by chanting nursing prayer but still so, uh, it, like still like uh, we want protection from from the Lord by chanting Narsimha prayer, Narsimha pranam. So, but still, that material desire haunts. But why do you want protection from Krishna? What's that protection? How does it manifest? A protection, like yes, so that we pray to Lord Narsimha that uh, the way He protected Prahlad Maharaj, the same way He protect us. Yeah, but what was Prahlad? What was He praying for? Yeah, as we can see that uh, uh, he wasn't praying, you know, give me a nice house, give me a nice car, give you know, give me a strong body, and he wasn't praying for that. He's saying, please protect me, so I can never forget you. Mm. That, and that's the point that Prabhupada makes here at the end. Of the, uh, you know, the desire to serve the supreme personality of God is not at all material. It's not a material desire; it's a spiritual desire. Because why you want to serve Krishna? That's mm. all you want to do. And that's what Prahlad was playing for, is don't give me these material desires because this will distract me from your service. I just want to serve you. Why? Because the devotee finds so much satisfaction in serving Krishna. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've had the realization many times is there's no better life than being a devotee of Krishna. It's just so nice in every way. Hmm. And this is what Prahlad Maharaj's realization is. He, he doesn't want anything else because he knows there's no better life. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is it being uh, conveyed or implied here that uh, we should just ask for Lord's service? We should not put any condition that... Uh, it's, it's very bluntly stated here. Yeah. It's very blunt. It's not, not like it's hidden. Yeah. It's very straight. Prabhupada's very straightforward, and Prahlad's very straightforward. This is what you, you should, uh, and that's why these prayers are very important. And that's why I say the same with Brahma's prayers, because Brahma, he's praying, he's praying for the potency to create the universe, but he also says, "Don't let me forget you." And then Krishna gives him benediction that you, you will never forget me. Don't worry. Mm. Yeah. And and has become pleased with Prahlad Maharaj. And the, the reason he's become pleased is because of this, this, this unmotivated devotional service 
because it's not contaminated by any material desire. So this is what pleases Krishna. If you have no material desire in your service, Krishna becomes satisfied, he becomes pleased. And when Krishna becomes pleased upon you, your life is, is, is perfected. You don't need anything else in life. Yeah. yeah. Jai. Thank you so much, Prabhu. Hare really Krishna. Like <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Shri Prabhupada Ki, Samaveta Bhaktivinoda Ki, Jai Nitaigo Premanandi. I wish that you also ask question because you can truly represent us, you know, because you have got that depth and sometime I'll, that will help you. <laughs> Isn't it? Correct me if I am saying wrong anything.